So last night, I was getting our children ready for bed and tucking them in, and they've all kind of, in the summer, like all bets are off. They sleep in the same bed down in the guest room because it's really fun, and uh, they enjoy that. So I'm tucking them all in. They're all three kind of lined up in a row, and we are saying our prayers. And like we often do as we pray, um, I prayed that God would, would bless our kids and would help them to know Jesus and would help them to know that Jesus loves them. And as I prayed that, Emma, our oldest, who's 10, uh, interjected, help mommy and daddy to keep learning that too. And I thought, well, that is a fantastic prayer. And then uh, James, my four-year-old, said, help daddy be good at church every day. And I thought, well, that's, that's a good prayer too. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> and then Anne, of course, not to be outdone, said, help us, God, to love all people. And I said, amen, because what else is there to say after that? I think that's actually, that's probably all the sermon we need for today, right? Um, Help us to keep learning about Jesus' love for us. Uh, Help us to be in church and be good at church every day. And uh, and help us to love all people. So children, thanks for leading us in prayer and for leading us in worship. I told Emma, I think you just made the sermon. She goes, I did. I love it when you do that. (laughs) So thank you, kids. God bless you. I want to focus this morning on the the prayer that Emma prayed. Help us, help mommy and daddy, help all of us to keep learning about Jesus. That's our theme today is to talk about what it means to be continually growing spiritually. To be continually growing spiritually. Today we wrap up our series on living revival. And as we do that, we, 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 we kind of bring to the close a, a season of revival in our church. And I say close, it's not really a close. We, we're, we're marking it by the end of a series, but the revival continues as we've talked about all along. Uh, we were looking forward to and praying for revival uh, that we had this past in the tent outside from June 11th to 13th for months and months. And looking forward with eager anticipation to what God was going to do in our midst. And God met us there with joy and with, with hope and with vision for our future. And it was just a wonderful time of being together. Um, but that vision and that hope and that joy continues. And so we're talking today, uh, as we wrap up this series, we know that this is the end of a series, but it's just the beginning of the work that God is calling us to continue to be a part of in our community. And so our, our mission, just to remind you again, our mission is loving our community and inviting all to discover life in Christ. That's what we're about here at this church. And our vision for our church is becoming deeply transformed disciples. Becoming deeply transformed disciples who live for the transformation of hearts and the church and our community and the world. And so a part of that is in order to live out that mission and vision, we need to be aware of the ways that we can continue to grow spiritually. So we have kind of three ways of living into that mission and vision. That's through connecting, through serving, and through growing spiritually. And in the last couple of weeks, we talked about connecting and serving. And today, our topic is growing spiritually or asking that Jesus would help us to keep learning. That is our prayer for this morning. Let me pray as we begin to, uh, to dig into God's word. God, we thank you for this day and for this opportunity to hear from your word, Jesus Christ, made flesh in our midst. Uh, Jesus, we thank you that you are here Holy Spirit, come as we open your gospel, as we open your, your, your good news to us, Lord. May our hearts be filled with what it is that you want us to know this morning. May we hear that message loud and clear. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So I think it's fitting that we are going to conclude this series on living, uh, living a revival by revisiting Acts chapter 2. 
Acts chapter 2 is the, the story of Pentecost and how, the, well, on this America's birthday, it's the story of the church's birthday in Acts chapter 2 and the ways that uh, the Holy Spirit came to live in us and live out of us in order that God's mission and God's love for the world might be made known. And so we're reading from Acts chapter 2, the very end, after we hear about the story of Pentecost and how the Spirit came down and, and, and enlivened everyone who was there and empowered them to, to live into the, the, the vision that God had given them, empowered Peter to preach powerfully. Thousands came to know Jesus that day because of Peter's message. And then we hear this about how they continued and how they persevered and how they, uh, the things that the church did in order to grow and, and, and go from this, this organization of about 12 or so people into here we are 2,000 years later, still living the fruits of that Pentecost season, still living the fruits of, of that revival. And so we listen and we turn to, uh, to God's word to hear about the early church uh, for insight about how we might continue to live revival today in our midst. So this is Acts chapter 2, starting at verse 42. It says this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day, They continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Friends, this is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. So two years ago, last week actually, uh, I was blessed after uh, having served at this church for many years to be able to take an opportunity for sabbatical. And so I had a, a sabbatical two years ago this summer and had a chance to just to rest from the work that I had uh, been doing here and, and we'd been doing together. And, and, and it was an, also an opportunity to kind of reimagine the, what the next season of ministry would look like for me here at Boone United Methodist Church. And what a blessed time it was. And I'm still, I, I, I feel, still reaping the benefits of that time of sabbatical and that time of spiritual renewal. Uh, Colette is, is doing that as, uh, right now, as a matter of fact, through the end of July, and she'll be joining us again uh, at that time. But what a gift that was. And, and so I just want to thank you again for that opportunity. Uh, during that time, like I said, I had a chance to kind of reflect on what does the next, what should the next season of life and ministry look like? For me, and and here's kind of what I learned from that time. I entered into a course on spiritual direction, which is spiritual direction is a ministry of kind of a one-on-one, usually one-on-one. Sometimes it's with a group, uh, but it's a ministry of allowing God to speak and, and paying attention to what God is saying. So that's what it is. It's a ministry. It's, it's where I would sit with you or whoever and and just have an opportunity to listen to what God is up to in your lives. And a lot of times people go to spiritual direction for kind of discernment. They're about to make a big decision in their lives and they want to know, what is God's will for me in this situation? 
Um, sometimes people go because they just feel drawn. They, they just want to have a deeper connection with God and they want to know what, what it is that God is up to in their lives and how they can sort of quiet themselves and, and hear more about what God is doing. And, and so those are all very good reasons to go see a spiritual director. And so this summer, I am actually going to finish up my training in spiritual direction. The, the last week of August, or sorry, the last week of July, I will be in Chicago to finish up my final uh, intensive course and I can't wait for that. There's going to be a, a sort of an, uh, a celebration commencement service at the end of that week. And I'll be uh, allowed to come back to this church and share that gift of spiritual direction in our community. And so I'm looking forward to that. So if you find yourself in a place of asking, where is God in my life? And how do I discern God's activity? I would love to have a conversation with you about that. That was one of the things that came out of my time in, in spiritual direction was this, this opportunity, or out of my sabbatical rather, was this opportunity to pursue spiritual direction. And perhaps the most meaningful phrase that came to me during my training two years ago, two summers ago, was an example that I've shared before. It was someone was teaching us about how do we discern God's will in our lives and how do we know what it is that, that God is saying to us. And, and she explained that, you know, discerning God's will is, sometimes it's like, it's just being open to it, first of all. Being open to knowing that God wants to communicate with us. God's not trying to keep secret what the, what the desire is for God's heart for our lives, right? God wants us to know what it is that God is calling us to. And so uh, kind of starting with that premise, but then God also acts as a kind of a, kind of a father. And, and she gave this image. She said, it's like when you're, when you're trying to encourage a toddler to, to learn how to walk and you just kind of get down on your knee and you, and you just encourage them and say, come on, like just, just take a step. Just take a step. There's so much more out there that you don't know about yet, but I know. And I just, come on, just, just one more step. There's more. And I loved that image. And it has stuck with me and it still continues to be meaningful to me to this day because I know that there is always more in God. We can never figure out everything that God is up to, no matter how many spiritual direction sessions or how many prayers we pray. God is always doing new things in our midst. And so God always invites us. God is always calling and beckoning. Hey, come on, there's more. There's more. Just, just take a step. And as we take that one step, we find out, oh, there is more. And we take another step. And we take another step. And sometimes I think if God showed us the whole thing in the beginning, we'd probably take a couple steps in the other direction and go, nope, no, 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 I'm good. I'm good. Thanks. I don't want to go there. But God is gracious and patient with us, even when we're not so. But God is continually inviting us to grow spiritually. Take a step. There is more. And so that was one of the things that really stuck with me in my time on sabbatical. Um, there, this invitation uh, that there is more. And so I came back just renewed and excited to, to, to continue my ministry here. Uh, looking forward to doing more spiritual direction with you um, and our community. One of the other things that came from that time of sabbatical was I was uh, just reminded of how powerful music is. And we had an example, of, a beautiful example of that this morning. Thank you, choir, to you for leading us in that. And they'll continue to lead us in praise throughout the service. Uh, but just how powerful music is and how it speaks to our souls and opens up things inside of us. Uh, it allows us to hear and, and feel God's presence. Um, and so as a result of that, I, I sang with the worship team for a little while. I also began to begin playing uh, piano as a spiritual practice, kind of a prayer practice. And I still continue doing that to this day. That was another thing that kind of grew out of that invitation from God that there's more. Come, come and see. There's more. And then the last thing that I, that I realized during my time on sabbatical was that I wanted to be able to have an opportunity to work on my preaching. 
And it's not something as, a, as an associate pastor, you don't often get a whole lot of opportunities to preach um, because, you, you, because there's a senior pastor, right? And that's kind of the role of the senior pastor is to be up front most of the time and, and leading and, and preaching. Um, and we are so excited to welcome Ed and Alicia to Boone UMC and so grateful for the gifts that they bring. Uh, and I can't wait for you to hear. If you haven't met Ed yet, he is a wonderfully warm, compassionate, uh, beautifully just relational person. He's just down to earth and wants to get to know all of you. And as we do life and ministry together, um, he's very excited for this opportunity. So we are grateful to welcome him. Um, but one of the things that I wanted to have was an, was an opportunity to preach a little bit more. Uh, little did I know that God was going to give me four whole months to do that um, in a very short amount of time. Um, and so I've had an opportunity to do that. And, and again, this was a foundation that God set a long time ago. Like, there's more. Just come on. Just take a step. Just take a step. And let's see what happens. Um, and so I've I had a chance this, this last, I, I went back and looked at the calendar. It was 18 out of the last 19 Sundays I've had an opportunity to preach here. And it has been an absolute gift. And so thank you for that opportunity. I am so grateful for it. And I want you to know that I'm looking forward to continuing to, to work on my preaching and to have an opportunity to do that. Uh, Ed and I have already had conversations about that. He said, hey, look, I can tell that you really enjoy preaching and I know people enjoy hearing that through you. And so we're gonna, look, we're gonna work together to, to find ways to make that happen. And so I'm really excited for that and, and grateful for, uh, for Ed's leadership and, and, and guidance in that as well. So uh, this will not be my last sermon. So just, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be, there's more. And so this, all of this came from the opportunity, that all of this stuff, this, this, this idea that there is more, this idea of spiritual direction and music and preaching, all of this came from a desire on my part to, to see what is God up to in my life and what does God want to do next. And God continued to surprise me and thrill me with, uh, with ways to participate in God's kingdom. And, I, and that's, I believe that's the message for us today. And that's what we hear from the, from the disciples in Acts chapter 2 this morning, that there is more, that, that by seeking God and, and spending time in worship and God's word, by spending time in fellowship and in prayer, uh, the more we devote time to those things, the more we grow spiritually. Acts, 22, or Acts 2 verse 42 says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. They devoted themselves. What are you devoted to this morning? What are the things in your life that you are devoted? You, we don't use that word a whole lot, but how would you think about what, what is it that you are devoted to this morning? It's a question about how do we spend our time? How do we invest uh, the time that God has given us? on this earth? What are, we going to, what are we going to practice? What are the routines? What are the ways in which we engage in life and do life with one another? And so it says that the, the apostles, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. They devoted themselves to scripture, to time in the word, to, to studying together, to meeting together regularly. One of the best opportunities that I know about how to do that here at our church is to be a part of some kind of smaller group. Right? This is a big church. I think we forget that sometimes with COVID and we look around and like, we're like, yeah, we're pretty full. But no, there's a lot more people who are a part of this church, right? Who are connected to this church and who stayed connected to this church even through the pandemic, even though we weren't able to meet and gather like we are now. They stayed together because they were a part of a smaller group that knit them together. They had devoted themselves leading up to the pandemic and even through it, uh, thanks to God, they had devoted themselves to the practice of meeting and studying God's word together. They had devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to, to discussing it together and asking questions. How does this apply to my life? Where can I grow from in, in this passage? What does this mean for me today? 
They devoted themselves to the fellowship. To the fellowship. We are here today, praise God, uh, after all that we've been through. We are here today because we have made a practice of devoting ourselves to coming and worshiping the Lord in this space and online. And we're so grateful uh, that you have chosen to spend time to do that here today and, and throughout your lives. We've devoted ourselves, just like the apostles have, to the fellowship, to, uh, to not only the, the small group gatherings, but to the larger group gatherings, the worship that we gather for. And I just want to say this. I know I've said this before, but hey, we are not the same church when you are not here. We're not the same church when you are not with us. And so we're so grateful. It sounds like I'm preaching to the choir because y'all are here, right? Like you're here. Um, but when you're not here, we miss you is what I want you to know. Okay, we are not the fullest expression of God's kingdom in this place uh, when you're not here. And so we just, we love it when you can be here and we can be together, devoting ourselves to the fellowship that God has given us in this place. The disciples devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. And so that means a couple of things. I think it means, first of all, uh, the Eucharist, which we're going to practice here this morning. We're going to have a chance to meet at Jesus's table. And this is where we gather to receive strength and nourishment in our faith. It's the thing that binds us together. It's the thing that uh, this table is open to all to receive God's grace. It's a tangible sign of God's grace with us. And you receive the bread and the cup when you, when you came in, and we'll participate with this in just a moment. But can, just think about that for a second. It's a tangible sign of God's grace given to us. We can taste God's grace this morning. The disciples devoted themselves to that practice of breaking bread together, both at the communion table and also just regular table fellowship. They just, anybody like to eat? Yeah, me too. I love to eat. It's one of my favorite things to do. Um, And so this is what the disciples realized is that there's something special that happens when we gather together over a meal in Jesus' name. And so when we gather together and we pray, there is a presence. That's why we thank God. It's a reminder that, hey, this, this gift, this, this meal that we're about to eat is a gift from God. And we say thank you for it, for all of God's gifts. But it's a way that also knits us together in community by breaking bread together. And they did that daily, it says in verse 46. They gathered together daily to eat and to be together. And the last thing they said they devoted themselves to was prayer. Just being present with God. Being present to God's voice and direction and leading. This is what the disciples devoted themselves to. Uh, one of my favorite pastors is Eugene Peterson. He's the, the guy that wrote the message. Uh, he passed away a couple years ago, um, but he, he created the message translation of the Bible. And I just, he's one of my favorite uh, spiritual leaders. And I, I just love to read his thoughts on, on ministry and being a pastor and being God's people together. Um, this is a biography that someone, that he had authorized that, that someone write about him um, called A Burning in My Bones. A Burning in My Bones by Wynne Collier. It's just a beautiful story of Eugene Peterson's life and how he understood life and ministry and being a parent and a a pastor and a a community member. Um, And and it talks a lot about how he approached prayer. And one of the things that I love about it is he is, he's just, he's so, um, he's so faithful, but he's also, it's just a very simple way of approaching and understanding prayer. I want to read to you a a part of his, uh, one of his diary entries that talks about his routine for prayer. This is what Eugene Peterson said. He, he says this, he said, I get up at 5.50 in the morning. That's a little early, right? Um, But hey, he's getting up to meet with God. He gets up at 5.50 in the morning, goes, I, I go to the kitchen and prepare the morning coffee for Jan, his wife, and me. I turn on the radio to orient myself to the world's idea of what's going on. 
I grind African ground coffee beans, either from Kenya or Zimbabwe. And while they're brewing in a French press, I walk down to the lakeshore and I perform my morning mikvah. Mikvah is a, a purification prayer. And he says, I perform that morning mikvah in anticipation of following Jesus for the next 18 or so hours. I love that. I do this prayer every morning in anticipation of following Jesus for the eight, next 18 or so hours. The coffee is done in six minutes. I pour, one, I, I, I pour two mugs into an aluminum coffee flask and I take it to Jan. I pour myself a mug and I take it to a bench overlooking our mountain lake. I sip it, pray the Psalms, meditate the presence and word of God. Pray. I just love that that's the way that Eugene Peterson starts his day. And, and, and I love that it's just, it's so simple, and yet it profoundly shaped his understanding of what it means to follow Jesus. By setting aside that time, first thing in the morning, to say, I'm just going to pray and be open to God's presence. I'm going to pray both extemporaneously, just communicating with God, but also pray from the Psalms. We have all kinds of of fantastic prayers right here in the middle of the Bible. You don't even really have to look for it. Just open it up to the middle and you're in Psalms. All kinds of prayers that we have available to us that we can devote, like, our, like the disciples did, we can devote ourselves to, uh, to praying just to be in God's presence and ask the question, hey, God, what do you want from me in these next 18 or so hours that I'm awake today? Where might you meet me, God? Where might you invite me to participate in your kingdom this day? I just love that example, just such a simple example of what it means to be devoted to the practice of, of praying and being present with God. Eugene Peterson's kind of famous for another phrase um, that, that he said, it's, it, following Jesus is a long obedience in the same direction. A long obedience in the same direction. I think sometimes we get so excited to do things better and faster and quicker and have answers just like that, right? Uh, but Peterson says, no, 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 it's, life doesn't work like that. I went, out to the, uh, I went out to the Boone Fork Trail the other day on Thursday to run it again. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. That I ran the Boone Fork Trail. And just love, it's, it's just a beautiful trail. It's where I practice God's presence. And I went out the other day to run, and, um, and it just, it, it, the first thing that I did was I got my watch ready, and I, and I was about to hit start, and I thought, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat this time from last time when I ran the Boone Fork. Like, that was the, that was the goal, right? And, and I realized really quickly, just very, very quickly as I started to run, uh, that I was tired, you ever, you ever been tired? <laughs> you ever think you're going to do something and you realize, oh my, uh, I don't know if this is going to happen today. Well, I started running and, and I was tired. And, and then all of a sudden the thought occurred to me that my first thought was, I need to beat this time. I need to, I need to be better than last time. I need to be faster. I need to get better. And I felt like God actually said to me in that moment, who told you that this is a race? Who told you that this is a race? This is not a race. This is about, I've, I've told you about this before. My, my time with God as I run is a gift. Like, I, that's the main reason I run. It's got other health benefits, right, that, uh, that keep me in shape and, and allow me to do other things and, and be strong and healthy. Um, but I love to run with God to prepare for, for leading God's people, to prepare for sermons, to, to, to ask the question, God, what are you up to in my life? And, and here I am, like, ready to, to make sure that I get done really quickly, right? <laughs> like, I'm going to beat that time from last time. Who told you that this is a race? It's about spending time 
in God's presence. It's about devoting ourselves to the practices of gathering together, opening God's word, meeting and eating meals together, and spending time in prayer. And that doesn't have to be complicated, and it doesn't always have to get better and better and better, but there's something beautiful about a life lived at that slower, meaningful, dedicated pace of devoting ourselves to these ancient practices of gathering together, of opening God's word, of eating together and sharing God's grace with one another, and of being in prayer. And look at what happens for the disciples when they do those things. Verse 43, it says that everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had a need. Everyone's needs were met as they gathered. That's what God's kingdom looks like. Everyone has enough. That's one version of justice. That's what justice looks like, is that everyone had enough. Every day, verse 46, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. Y'all, we only meet on Sunday. They met every day. Should we start meeting every day? Because they're like, oh, man, I don't know. Sunday's good. (laughs) No, but there's something beautiful about the way that, again, just the rhythm of how they entered into life and engaged with one another. Every day they met uh, in the temple and broke bread together with glad and sincere hearts. And here's kind of the, the, the end of it here. Praising God and enjoying the favor of everyone. And when they devoted themselves to those practices of opening God's word, of being together, of sharing meals together and communion together, and of praying, they met with an expectation that God was with them. And God met that expectation. God showed up. God was present. God added to their number daily those who were being saved. And so, friends, I want to just speak that as a, as a challenge and as an encouragement to us today. As we continue to, to live out our revival, the, the, the thing that happened but is still happening within us, the Spirit's movement within us in this place at Boone United Methodist Church and throughout the world, as we continue to live out that revival, it was not just a one-time event, right? The revival wasn't just this thing that we did under the tent in June. It's this thing that, conti- that God continues to do in us, just like Pentecost, Right? Pentecost was, was an event that happened where the Spirit descended, but the implications of Pentecost are still alive and with us today. That revival that started 2,000 years ago still burns in our hearts even today. And so that is the, the challenge and, and, and the word of encouragement for us this morning is to, to approach all of our gatherings, all of our time together, everything that we devote ourselves to in growing spiritually Approach that with an expectation that God is still moving and active in mighty and powerful ways, in signs and wonders, in lives healed, in in providing for anyone who has need, in offering us life to the full. Those are the fruits of our time together in the word and in prayer and in in answering the invitation that God gives us to us uh, to, to participate in God's kingdom. God wants us to be more connected, to have our needs met, to pray and to worship regularly, to enjoy each other's company, as our value says, and to never stop learning. To never stop learning and growing in Jesus. That is the word of encouragement for us this morning as we go forward into this next season of of God's leadership of our church and underneath Ed and, and, and his leadership. We are grateful for all that God has done in our midst, for the revival that God continues to sow among us and with us. Uh, We look forward to Ed leading us 
I look forward to, to serving together with you as we go and as we continue the revival that God started over 2,000 years ago. Thanks be to God. Amen.